Welcome to the Everglow. How to get over a breakup. Oh no, you've been dumped. Your girlfriend or boyfriend dumped you. While at first you were a bit numb and it was playing out in your mind, with every passing day and then every passing minute, the situation starts getting worse for you emotionally. You started off thinking, I don't need her. She's replaceable and I'll find someone new. To dwelling on her great qualities and then thinking she was the only one in the world for you. Congratulations! You are officially in panic mode, falling into despair and depression. Especially for an empath or highly sensitive person, the end of a relationship, when it doesn't happen on your terms, can be particularly devastating. Today's podcast is about a few things, but mostly it's about how to get over a breakup. While unfortunately, there is no magic pill, employing some of these tips post-relationship can help speed up the recovery process. And while it may seem like the pain is getting worse each day, just remember that it will get better and time really does heal this sort of wound. While girls and boys, women and men, process the end of a relationship differently, I'll try to speak generally about the feelings one goes through as well as what you can do to get back on your feet sooner rather than later. Time is precious, so why waste it worrying and pining about someone that doesn't even want to be with you? Most of the time you're left bewildered, wondering what went wrong, but other times you saw the end looming. Either way, unfortunately from my observations, probably 90% of the end of relationships involve a third party, i.e. your significant other met someone else. But don't take it personally or beat yourself up over it. Just like friendships can have a season, so too can romantic relationships. People grow apart or start looking for other things. There's no reason to be mad at the other person, nor any reason for you to be mad at yourself. The strange part of a breakup, perhaps rooted in biology or natural history, is that usually the person that is on the receiving end of the breakup is the one that suffers the most. What I mean by this is that the person who gets dumped usually suffers the most turmoil. Even if you were thinking of ending the relationship anyway, or perhaps you had ended it on previous occasions, but had reconciled, the fact is that once you get dumped, you're more likely to go down the path of feeling like crap. I think there's a famous Seinfeld episode about this where George Costanza is in a rush to break up with a girl before she breaks up with him so that he doesn't have to be the dumpy. Anyway, the end of a relationship will send you through a series of emotions. Let's go through them briefly so we can discuss measures you can take to feel better. I think the more aware you are over these steps, the more you can be assured that you're just going to be going through a grieving process like anyone else and that you will get through it. How quickly or slowly you get through it though will depend on you and how hard you try. These days, people get broken up with in a variety of ways. Because we're in the electronic age, don't be surprised or take it badly if you're broken up with by a text message, email, or even a voicemail. If you're really lucky, you'll get dumped in person, but these days the new fad seems to be ghosting, where your ex literally just blocks your number and disappears into thin air, never to be heard from again. Let's start at the top and go through some of the thought processes you will go through after getting dumped. 
Number one, you'll stay strong and think about what a jerk that guy was and how you can do better. You'll start by vilifying the way in which he dumped you, critical of the method, and your brain will likely go in attack mode, remembering all of the bad things and his flaws as well as all of the BS you had to put up with throughout the course of your relationship. Number two, once you have exhausted hating on your ex, you'll start to remember the good times and certain things during the day will remind you of him. This is the tricky part because it makes it harder to forget the guy and move on. You'll start romanticizing, even over-romanticizing your memories. Your brain will take casual events or dates and paint them into these beautiful notebook-style events along with music playing in the background. It could be something as simple as you seeing a garden hose in your driveway and it will trigger you to remember that he washed your car for you inside and out using that same hose. Meanwhile, he was soaking wet and missed watching an NFL playoff game just for you. During this transition period, he'll have gone from being a total dick to being the most perfect guy for you and the love of your life. You'll keep him as your Facebook friend, hoping that you can stay in touch, yet cringing every time his face pops up in your newsfeed. Number three. Then you're going to start vilifying yourself, overthinking all the things you did wrong in the relationship, even though he or she was probably just as much to blame as you were. Four. Here's where you can go down a really bad path. You may start thinking about how to get her back. Perhaps you'll start to look her up online to see her relationship status, or you'll reach out to casually see how she's doing in order to try to win her back. Terrible idea, by the way, and I'll go into this later. Number five, desperation starts to kick in and you'll feel hopeless again. Depression can set in, and if you're not careful, and you can end up wasting incredibly valuable time on someone that probably didn't even deserve it in the first place, you're left to wonder if you'll ever get her back. Meanwhile, the world keeps spinning and better opportunities pass themselves by. It's at this point, if you get to this point, that you have to do something more drastic, because the longer you stew in your misery, the harder it is to get out of that misery. You desperately try to restrain yourself from emailing or texting her, just to say hi, in order to keep the lines of communication open in the hopes that she changes her mind. Number six. Finally, depending on your personality and brain chemistry, you start to pick yourself up, brush yourself off, and hit the dating scene again. Either that, or you fall into deep despair, thinking your life is over and your one chance at love has come and gone. If you fall too deep, and months are passing without getting better, then please seek some professional help. But also keep listening, as using some of these techniques to heal may help you to start see the light again. Frankly, I think too many of us suffer in the process quite needlessly, or for far too much time. After a breakup, the reality is, you're going to end up eventually getting over it and dating again, one way or another, so here are some steps that you can take to minimize the blow and get you back on your course to enjoying life again without sinking into despair and hopelessness. If you're holding out hope of getting your ex back one day, ironically, the sooner you can move on from her, the more likely you are to get her back in the first place if the stars align. So here are a few things you can do to help pick yourself up quicker. First, after a breakup, don't beg your ex to stay. The more you try to beg or force something that isn't real, the worse it will get. You don't have to convince anyone to stay with you. If you beg, then you look desperate and there's nothing less attractive than desperation. Even if you can beg your way back into the relationship, 
I'm assuming here the relationship didn't end because you did something that required you to seek forgiveness, by the way. The dynamics of the relationship will never be the same anyway, and you probably won't be in a very balanced relationship. Barring a marriage that needed work, I'm really referring to boyfriend-girlfriend relationships where things just have not worked out over a space of time. Second, they say that the best way to get over someone is to get under someone else. Translation, go out and find a new person to date as soon as possible. Actually, the real translation is to go out and get laid ASAP. I think psychologically this works better for girls since it helps them forget their ex quicker, whereas with guys we tend to dwell on our ex relationship regardless of who is under or on top of us. I would be careful with this whole thing though. It can backfire, especially if you had a decent long-term relationship prior to the breakup. One can tend to compare the new person to your ex and this can make you more depressed when they didn't have the same cute mannerisms as your ex. For example, just because your ex used to whip out her purse to pick up the bill at a restaurant all the time doesn't mean that the new girl will. This is why I do suggest staying active on the dating scene, but don't jump into it with the expectation of finding a replacement right away. Use the dating scene as more of a distraction to show yourself that there are lots of potential suitors out there. If you push too hard too soon, you'll have a hard time forging a meaningful relationship as you'll scare the hell out of any person when you start asking them about kids and marriage within five minutes of meeting. If you had a side chick or a side boy during your relationship, shame on you by the way, not really, then now is the time to cozy up to them a bit more. Yeah, sounds bad, I know, but who cares? I remember when I reverted to the side girl post breakup, it definitely cushioned the blow, no pun intended. Third, the other thing to do is skip dating altogether and take some time off to focus on yourself to improve so you'll be a better person the next time around. Regardless of why the relationship ended, blame yourself for why it ended. Wait, what? Blame myself? You may be wondering why you would ever want to blame yourself when the whole thing could have been the fault of your ex. I think it's vital to blame yourself so that you can analyze, then overanalyze the relationship and who you were as a person in the relationship. Think of things you could have done differently and consider why you acted in certain ways or if the case warrants it, what was it about you that enabled your ex to behave and treat you in certain ways? Use this time to grow and learn about yourself. If you do this, then the time you spent in the relationship will never have been a waste. Perhaps you were always getting controlled or bossed around. Or alternatively, you were always acting in ways to make the other happy, but never expressed your personal frustrations or angsts for fear of upsetting the other person. Basically, you weren't your authentic self. Maybe when you realize this, you'll see that you need to become someone who is more sure of themselves so you're stronger. This is your time for some self-introspection, for you to examine why you are the way you are so you can make some tweaks if necessary. I've known plenty of people who are relationship addicts, taking no time off as they jump from one relationship to the next. They never really pull back to see why it is that they can't be alone for a few weeks or months. And not surprisingly, they keep repeating the same mistakes over and over. These little adjustments can help you way beyond just the confines of a future relationship, but they can also help propel you to your next level in your career as well. Let me give you a few examples in my personal life. In my first long-term relationship, I was still learning about myself. Not realizing I was such a people pleaser or an empath, I found myself going overboard and spoiling my girlfriend at the time. In part, 
It was my pleasure to do nice things as it was my first girlfriend and I wanted to give it my 100%. I would buy her cards every month for anniversaries and random gifts such as chocolates, you name it. The thing with people though is they get used to a certain standard that you set. As time went on, if I didn't give gifts often enough, she would think that I didn't care about her and start becoming a drama queen. My favorite example from this relationship is in our first week of dating. We were already talking on the phone for long periods of time. I remember I made a joke about having a threesome, something which she had joked about already herself. Click. She hung up. Now, at that point in my life, no one had ever hung up on me on the telephone before, so I didn't realize what had happened. I called back. Click. She hung up again. Finally, when I got a hold of her, she said in an angry tone, You know what you said, and she hung up yet again. To be honest, I couldn't really remember what I had said, certainly nothing that had warranted such a rude response. After a few days, I ended up calling her back and I apologized for saying what I had said, even though I still wasn't sure what I had even said. She accepted my apology and we moved on. Except, I had now set the standard of apologizing for being myself. Looking back on it, this was during a uh, period when I was living in Mexico and I had three girlfriends at a stretch during some phases, so I'm not really sure why I wasted my time. But again, this comes back to me not being a secure person and a strong enough person. Growing pains, I guess. During another breakup, while I was in my last year of law school, I really dug deep to figure myself out. While the other person had basically moved away, it opened up my eyes to the fact that I was probably a borderline commitment phobe. By investigating myself further after these relationships, I was able to be a better boyfriend and have better quality relationships. Not surprisingly, I attracted much better quality people as well as a result. So every time a relationship ends, take some time to yourself to dig deep and learn more about yourself so that you can grow from the experience. Fourth, focus on all of the flaws of your former significant other. Realize that she wasn't perfect, not by a long shot. For some reason, we have this weird habit of pedestalizing our exes in the short time after the relationship ends. While the other person probably has some nice qualities, no doubt, they probably come with just as many negatives. Focus on all of their negatives so you don't go down the wrong path of, she was the only one for me, boo-hoo-hoo-hoo. This will help humanize them so you don't accidentally go down the path of feeling depressed. Although I was the one doing the dumping with my first ex-girlfriend, I never missed her. Although she did a few nice things, she was insanely jealous to the point that she would literally hallucinate things. I remember once we were in a nightclub for someone's birthday. The girl I was dating had gone to the bathroom and I was waiting outside for her. While she was in the bathroom, the birthday girl was dancing on a table and someone had given her a rose. When my girlfriend had gotten out of the bathroom, she looked over at the birthday girl dancing on the table with the rose in her hand. By the way, that girl was about 20 feet away from the both of us. And then when she looked back at me, my girlfriend that is, She proceeded to go crazy, telling me she saw me give the birthday girl a rose and why the hell did I give that girl a rose? Although I hadn't even given the girl a rose and was standing nowhere near her, I thought the situation was so crazy that she would hallucinate something like that, that I told her, yeah, I did give her the rose and just to play up to her insanity, I pointed out that she deserved it. The point being, after I dumped her, I just thought of all these mental problems she likely had and how great it was that I had ultimately avoided them. Another girl I went out with for a year ghosted me the day after our one-year anniversary. 
While I didn't mourn too much for the end of that relationship, I of course did talk a lot about it to a couple of my close friends. Fortunately, one of them was quick to remind me how often I would complain to him about her as she had this bad habit of always flaking on our plans and generally not respecting my time at all. Apparently, I had magically forgotten about all of the BS I had been putting up with throughout the year. Did she ever do nice things for you without asking? If you were sick, did she offer to bring over some chicken soup? Was she generous with her time and her money? Oh, she did all of those things? Shit, now you're really fucked. No, I'm just kidding. Seriously though, anyone that loves you will be generous and kind. Don't assume these things are irreplaceable. Plenty of good quality people will do anything and everything for you. When you do start dating, don't start flaw finding and comparing the new girl to your old one. You'll be doomed for failure. Fifth, travel. You know I'm gonna go that way, I always do. This is the best advice I can give you and probably should be number one in terms of getting over a relationship. As you sit in your apartment thinking about what could have been or the memories you two created in your place, your surroundings will be a constant reminder. Then, if you're going down a dark path of ruminating, even just being in the same place every day will become not only a reminder of the relationship, but now it will become a routine of your suffering. You'll develop a bad habit that won't change until you change your surroundings to get what I call a mental reset. Travel somewhere exotic. It will shake you and force you to dig deeper. Go to India, go to Vietnam. Hell, go to the Congo or Rwanda even. These places will be an all-out assault on all of your senses from head to toe. You'll see how big the world is. When you go through a breakup, it's easy to think the person you were with was the best person in the world for you. When you travel though, it helps open your eyes as to how big this world is and how there are so many amazing people out there. It is only impossible that there is just one person out there for you. I remember the only time I really suffered at the end of a relationship, I put myself through torture for nothing. I really frankly think it was more than the end of the relationship, but mostly because it was the end of law school. I had no more degrees that I wanted to pursue. So life beyond academia was about to begin, and I didn't have a solid footing on what was next. People were settling down and getting married around me, and yet I was just starting over. Anyway, for a long 10 months, I found myself suffering needlessly. I found myself lying on my sofa day after day staring at the ceiling. In retrospect, it was the greatest thing to ever happen to me. The girl in question was nothing to write home about. In fact, given who I am today, I wouldn't have even gone out with her in the first place. But I developed this routine of ruminating. It got so bad that I didn't even get to study for the California State Bar Exam, and I contemplated skipping writing the exam altogether. Somehow I forced myself to write it, and I passed it anyway, but I still had this cloud hanging over my head. But that changed. After the exam, I went to Ottawa to visit my best friends. I remember I had gone out with my friends one night, the same guys I grew up with. We were in our late 20s and all crashed in my friend Jess's basement at his mom's house after a night out. Imagine, 15 years later, we were still sleeping in the same place that we used to hang out as little kids. It didn't hurt that my house where I grew up as a little boy was literally steps down the street. After months and months of waking up and ruminating, I remember that morning. I awoke to one of my friends snoring like a freight train and everyone was hungover. My mind started thinking about how awesome that was. Until I realized 20 minutes later 
that I had broken the same routine of ruminating. It was in that moment I saw the first ray of sunshine shine through the fog that had clouded my mind for so many months. I knew then everything would be okay. I have no doubt that being outside of my regular element was what turned it all around. I learned that if anything like that were to ever happen again, I would just take off. Every time I travel, especially in group travel, I meet so many people, single people, going through something, that I see I'm never alone and that's not nearly as bad after all. I highly recommend group travel with companies like Contiki, where it's mostly single people and you're doing really exciting things. They have an age limit though, 35. If you're over 35, then I recommend G Adventures, that's the letter G, is another, another option for single travelers. Just go somewhere, meet amazing people, and it will not only cushion your blow from getting dumped, but you'll likely meet amazing people that made you wonder why you cared at all in the first place. I'm not sure why it is, but even without a group, I always tend to meet lots of girls when I travel without even trying. It's like when you travel, you give off a different aura or glow, and it causes people to look at you differently. You'll realize that person you thought was the only one for you was actually just one of the many ones for you on this planet. I remember on my Contiki trip to Vietnam, I was supposed to have a roommate. He never showed up. It turned out that before the tour even started, he met another traveler. They fell in love within a few days and decided to ditch the whole tour and ended up traveling off into the sunset together with each other. It could happen to you, and when you're traveling, you're breaking out of the routine and pool of people you think you're limited to. Can't afford the trip? Put it on your credit card. It's worth it if it involves your mental health. Sixth, throw out the things that person gave you. Especially if you were in a very long-term relationship and you thought this guy or girl was the one that you were going to marry, etc., it is likely you're headed down the path of depression and despair. The problem is that, especially in a long-term relationship, your mind will have developed triggers, meaning that everything will remind you of that person. You may drive by a restaurant and think of the time you guys ate there. A TV show may come on and you'll think about your ex because you used to watch that show together. The problem is, though, that your surroundings end up being constant reminders. If you're constantly reminded, though, it will be harder to move on. If you have mementos lying around the house, I suggest you discard most of them. And if you want to keep some souvenirs, at least for now, throw them in a box and put them in the garage. Out of sight, out of mind, right? I've read stories about people who didn't get over their exes for years, and not surprisingly, they kept photos up in their house for years. I'm a sentimental guy too, so I don't like throwing everything out. But when I went through a particularly tough breakup, I went out of my way to delete everything they gave me. Ironically, that girl had given me a DVD called Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which is a movie about a guy that can't forget a girl no matter how hard he tries. It ended up happening to me, actually, ironically. Throwing things out and deleting pictures was tough because you want to hold on to the physical memory of the person and trashing things gives some sort of finality or closure, yet we may still be holding up hope that things will work out. Regardless of whether you throw things out or put them in a box, just make sure they're out of sight, out of mind. It will do wonders for your mind to help avoiding the constant reminders. Finally, there you have it. This list could go on and on, but I wanted to keep it fairly short. It never feels good to be the one that is dumped. And the end of a relationship can be the start of suffering if you're not careful. I actually think that when we go through suffering, if used wisely, it can be some of the best 
use time of our lives because those are the instances when we are actually being forced to grow the most. Otherwise, everything else in life is just when you're on cruise control, basically. The key, however, is to not let a season of suffering turn into a lifetime of suffering. Learn your lessons, grow, and do better next time. My dad told me to never worry about things like this. Dating someone is like waiting for a bus. If you get dumped or a relationship ends, just be patient and another bus will come around sooner rather than later. There are over 6 billion people in the world. Don't let Disney movies convince you that there was only one. There isn't only one person for you in this entire world. There never was. Thank you for listening to our latest episode of Everglow. Check us out online at neilbartia.com, N-E-I-L-B-H-A-R-T-I-A.com for more blog articles and latest episodes. Leave any comments and likes below and we're happy to answer. Thank you for listening and see you next time.